ESPN Tournament Challenge is here. And guess what? I'm doing my bracket right now. Making picks, predicting upsets, winning my bracket group, and leaving my old life as a part-time voice actor behind. Hey, you never know. And if I can do it while recording this awesome commercial, you can too. Anyone can bracket. Download the ESPN Tournament Challenge app to play the number one bracket game. Presented by Allstate. Pablo Torre, David Dennis Jr., Marcel Louis-Jacques, and in her Around the Horn debut, Lindsay Theory. Welcome, Lindsay. Huzzah! Today, a Bills Dolphins preview. What Miami's encore to 70 might be and how Buffalo aims to stop it. A Broncos Bears leave you, but can bad possibly be good? And Pablo Torre finds out what Jordan Poole said to Draymond Green to start the fight that ended the dub season. Actual reporting. Let's go around the horn. Edward R. Morrow over there in class before. That's right. That's some, some shoe left for that guy. Give him the Pulitzer. Lindsay Theory is the national NFL reporter for ESPN. You've seen her on Sunday NFL Countdown, previously FS1, LA Times. She's covered the Rams, Chargers, Dodgers, Lakers, USC, and the Falcons. Seattle Rays, University of Washington Forged. Lindsay, you've got seven seconds. Give us your life story. Start at the beginning, leave nothing out. Pacific Northwest raised. Love volleyball. Met my husband playing beach volleyball in Southern California. Have a toddler named Cooper, not after Cup. And I'm so happy to be here today. We're happy to have you. You know how this show works? That's how this show works. Your first mute. Welcome. Welcome, Lindsay. Let's go around the horde. We start with the Lions dismantling the Packers on Thursday Night Football. Jared Goff, quote, line us up against anyone, and we feel like we can go in there and beat them, end quote. Amon Ra St. Brown got beard in his road player Lambeau leap. Lions had a 24-point road halftime lead, which they never have. David Montgomery had three rushing touchdowns. It was Detroit 34, Green Bay 20. Lindsay Theory around the horn to you right out of the gate. Should the league fear these Lions? Absolutely. All in on the Lions. I'm an L.A. to Detroit commuter now. I've been (laughs) at Ford Field for both of their games, of course, a loss and a win. But both of those games, you could just see the potential of this Lions team. Jared Goff is hungry to prove he's not dead in Detroit. Mm -hmm. And Dan Campbell hungry to prove that they aren't biting kneecaps, but they are biting a piece of everybody that they're playing. This defense is playing sensational. pressures against the quarterback last night against Jordan Love despite not blitzing Mm -hmm. and then Goff he is getting a lot of run support out there four touchdowns in their first four games rushing for the first time since 1990 this team has it all and they have a mentality behind their head coach biting kneecaps taking there we go so you're a believer and you think the league should be I saw you there, Marcel. You think the league should fear Detroit. Marcel come in here please. Should the league fear these Lions? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, if you're not fearing the Lions after they won 11 of their last 14 games, I'm willing to bet your favorite team's probably in the NFC North. It's a weak division that they should dominate this year. Shout out to Jared Goff for talking his trash. You deserve it after what he's been through, after what how he was kind of disregarded after the trade from L.A. But this team is built from the inside out, one of the top offensive lines in the NFL fifth in sack rate, one of the best young pass rushers in Aiden Hutchinson. They've got all the pieces, and they've got the coach to bring it out of them. 
David Dennis Jr., you see a team you can believe in, a team that should be feared? As somebody who thinks we've allowed way too many rookies on this show, I must say, I agree You're with you. You're a veteran now, here. David, the, yes. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a vet. Yeah, we got too much, too much new blood on this show. I don't know what's going on here. He left the gate open. I, I do agree with them, though. I think the Lions are a, a team to be feared, and it's right at the lines, both of those lines. We saw what that offensive line did, uh, allowing those rush, uh, making room for those rushing touchdowns. But that defensive line, they pressed Jordan Love on half of his dropbacks without even blitzing. They, you know, that, that is championship level defense right there. You go to Arrowhead, you go to Lambeau, you win those two games. Those are things that strike fear in the rest of the league. Now, I would put them a little, I would put them behind San Francisco, Philly, and Miami right now, but they can beat anybody else in this playoffs. Hey, Mr. Veteran, David Dennis Jr., I loved your stat about them pressuring love without blitzing. I liked it better the first time I heard it when Lindsey Theory said it. <laughs> Pablo Torre, old man Torre, get in here. Yeah, David Dennis Jr. making like Dan Campbell and cannibalizing someone else's. <laughs> so I would point out, I would point out, Tony, as the real veteran on this program, that uh, the biggest counterargument to the Lions actually being a top five team in the NFL is that they are the Detroit Lions. Now, I grant you, this is not an argument based on resume mean? or based on science. I've just seen a lot of things in my life, Tony. I'm 38 years old now. I've done a lot of shows. I've done a lot of shows where people like me have said, look at the Lions now, everything's different. And then at the end, <laughs> things are not different. So I just want to be the guy reminding everybody, we've seen parts of this story before as, as impressive as this team specifically is with Jared Goff in exile from L.A. has been. Okay. It was once said, is it better to be feared or loved? Maybe these Lions team could be feared and loved. Possible. We've been horn, we'll move on. Game of the week and of the season so far. That's where we turn to next. Dolphins, Bills. Let's go. How Miami follows up 70 and how Buffalo tries to slow that down and keep this new ball-secured identity of Josh Allen going. The rematch of the game last year that Miami won and OC Ken Dorsey went berserker during. We call it the Marcel Bowl on this here show as well. Marcel, you've covered both these teams recently. Marcel, it's the question of the NFL Week 4. Can the Bills keep the Dolphins' offense contained? How do you plead, sir? Well, it's not off to a great start. They're going to be without their all-pro safety, Jordan Poyer. The Dolphins aren't going to have Jalen Phillips either on the other side of the ball, so both teams will be missing players. When it comes to stopping the Dolphins, though, your knee-jerk reaction is that you have to stop the pass, right? Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, like they're going to want to air it out. Not so fast. They also lead the NFL in rushing yards per game. Meanwhile, the Bills dead last in yards per carry mm. allowed. That is a matchup that Miami will be looking to exploit. Raheem Mostert went for 130 yards on 17 carries last year, didn't play in the playoff game, but he will be active on Sunday. If he and Devon Achan can get going and they have to allocate resources to stopping the run and you have to stop the pass without Jordan Poyer, it's looking like a Miami win. Sounds like you think it's going to be a Miami win, and there's been a transfer of power in the division from where we were in the playoffs hey. last year. David Dennis Jr., fits. is that how you see it? I don't know if you've heard, Tony, but the Bills are last in yards per carry defense, <laughs> allowing six That was Marcel's point. What are you doing today? You got <laughs> jokes. I, I appreciate it, but yeah. it's not working. But, but no, I think I, I think that you've seen that the Bills are going to probably try to replicate what the you Patriots got the cheese. are trying to stop that run. I got the cheese. My first time getting the cheese. I think they're trying to stop. They're going to try to stop that pass 
you know, that passing attack, the, the rushing is going to be another problem for them. But also in the red zone, the Dolphins are number one in converting red zone and, and uh, plays in the touchdowns. The uh, Bills, they do pressure at 13%, but two has only been knocked down three times. That offense, I don't see the Bills being able to stop that offense at all. This is going to be a high-scoring game, and I don't think the Bills can keep up. Lindsay, it's the question of the week in the NFL. How did the Dolphins encore a 70-point game? How did the Bills try to slow it down? Anything on that? You can't, you can't slow it down. You stop the run, they're going to pass the ball. You stop the pass, they're going to run the ball. This reminds me so much, this Dolphins team, of the 2018 Rams. Remember when Sean McVay's offense couldn't be stopped and it took till midway through the season for the Chicago Bears to do it? They put out a blueprint. Teams started to figure it out. Nobody has the blueprint yet on Mike McDaniel and what he is doing for the Dolphins until some team finds a way to slow one part, maybe two parts of that offense. I think that they're just going to run their way through the league, and that includes going through Buffalo. So Buffalo, you don't think, could be that team? There's familiarity here, of course. There's success for Buffalo versus Miami as well in the recent past. 700, more than 700 yards just a week ago. I don't think in one week you can solve that riddle. Huh. Pablo Torre. Well, let's talk about what happened before a week ago, right? Like, the Dolphins have played teams other than the Broncos, and the Patriots, the number 24 comes up, right? 24 points is not 70, right? So it's not like no one has been able to make this team look reasonable. It's just that they're coming off a week in which they've looked supernatural. And so here is my case for the Buffalo Bills, Tony. First off, in Vegas, I believe the odds are two and a half point favorites the Bills are at home. So, yeah. okay, why? The reality is that the Buffalo Bills, by point differential, total up all of their numbers. They're right there with the team that blew out the Broncos by 50. They have scored 75 points in their last two weeks, the Bills have. So they're not a pushover. I get Jordan Poyer's a big loss. But the reality is the Bills' offense with Josh Allen, who looks so different from week one, that is, that is something. Right, and is that a sustainable change? Let me ask the rookie here. Is it a sustainable change we've seen in Josh Allen in the last two-week, Lindsay? Uh, I don't think it's sustainable. I, I think there's been a lot of changes going on up in Buffalo, and I think, again, when you're coming against a team that is as hot as the Dolphins, it lends itself to change a few things if you're Josh Allen. Let's make our pick here. Your first pick, Lindsay, who you got in this game. This, we'll never remember who you got. We won't revisit it in a future show oh, no. and take points away if you happen to be wrong. Who you got, Bills or Dolphins? Dolphins. Dennis. Dolphins. Marcel, you got Miami. I know that from your answer. And Pablo Torre. Give me the Bills, please, at a discount. One more story here. It's the game of the week. Different spelling. The Bears, they've been woeful. The Broncos, they just let up those 70 points the Dolphins score. I called this game the opposite of a flex game earlier this week, but now I can't lie. I'm seeing the hazmat train wreck rubbernecking appeal of these two 0-3s. David, what's possible here in this game? What's on the line Sunday? Could bad be good? I have never anticipated two 0-3 teams playing against each other more than I have with this game. Here's a stat that is just how ridiculous this game is. The Broncos are favored in this game. That's the fourth time in 60 years that a team that lost by 50 points is favored in the next week. Right? What we're looking at is two franchises that are heading to disaster and 
I don't know who to pick. Justin Fields is either going to have to look good or against a team that gave up 70, or this Broncos team is going to have to go 0-4 after Sean Payton promised that the coaching was the reason they were bad last year. So there's only one reasonable solution. This game is going to end in a tie, I guarantee <laughs> Marcel Louis-Jacques, <laughs> when you're Denver coming into a game 0-3 after letting up 70, or the Bears coming in 0-3 after the way they've looked, what can possibly bend? What could break? <laughs> David, how quickly we forget Dolphins versus Bengals in 2019, the ultimate toilet bowl in the NFL, right? I do forget now, that. <laughs> I think the, the one difference between the Broncos and the Bears is the Broncos have a minor redeeming quality in that they have a top 10 offense right now. Russell Wilson, it's not quite 2015, Russ, but I watched every snap on Sunday's 70-20 to loss. He was the only bright spot of that team, rolling out of the pocket, hitting throws on the run, directing his receivers. Like There's still something to salvage there. It's not a playoff spot, but right now Sean Payton looks like that Mr. Krabs blurry meme after talking about Nate Hackett. He's got to salvage some pride. Although, Tori? That's why what's on the line here, Tony, is simple. What's on the line is Sean Payton's freedom of speech. If he loses to the Bears, he should not be able to say anything about any other team ever again. Not after the way he did Nate Hackett and then did this to himself. Okay. Lindsay Theory, you'll get the last word on this one. What are you looking forward to in this matchup? Echoing Pablo a little bit there, the Russell Wilson, Sean Payton dynamic is going to be something to watch. If they go 0-4, who is it? Is it Sean Payton's fault? Is it Russell Wilson's fault? The quarterback who you traded the world for? Or the coach who thought he was even better than Hackett? Lindsay Theory, 19. David Dennis, you're 13. Marcel Louis-Jacques, 25. And Pablo Torre, also appearing on Around the Horn, 22. We'll take a break. Buy or sell next. Reggie White, who's a defensive end for the Green Bay Packers, says that the firebombing of his church in Knoxville, Tennessee this week was the work of racists who may have been trying to hurt him. First there was one fire, then there was another, then there was another. It wasn't just Reggie's church that burnt down. Hundreds of churches burned in the 90s. I think we have a major problem in our country that we don't want to admit, and that has to do with racism. Was this 1996 or 1956? 30 for 30 podcast and Antsgate presents Through the Flames. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. ESPN Tournament Challenge is here. And guess what? I'm doing my bracket right now. Making picks, predicting upsets, winning my bracket group, and leaving my old life as a part-time voice actor behind. Hey, you never know. And if I can do it while recording this awesome commercial, you can too. Anyone can bracket. Download the ESPN Tournament Challenge app to play the number one bracket game. Presented by Capital One. Welcome back to Around the Horn, coming to you from the seaport. Brought to you by Patron. Perfection starts with Patron. What Jordan Poole said to Draymond Green that started a fight that led to the downfall of Golden State season last year is a question only the brightest journalistic mind of our time would choose to attack here 12 months after the fact. Pablo Astori on his streaming show and podcast, Pablo Torre finds out. Reportedly, Poole said, quote, you're an expensive backpack for 30, end quote. That reported alleged line leading to the punch, leading to everything. Let's go, Scoop. Talk to me about this insult that broke a team. Tony, it's been a year and we've heard many rumors, many theories, Lindsay accepted, of course, about this topic. And for me, the reason why I was fascinated by this was because this was a crossroads, not just a gossip, salacious scandal, but a crossroads. And so I tried confirming this with Draymond, with Jordan Poole. They wouldn't touch it. I 
reached out to more than two dozen people to confirm the quote they turned us down. But one warrior source did validate that this quote, you're an expensive backpack for 30, speaking to Steph Curry, having to carry around Draymond Green, who's being paid a lot of money, $26 million at the time, as a burden, that was something that really did resonate in the heart of a guy that I thought might have been more numb to such trash talk. And so this matters. This is the clubhouse leader for all of the things we've heard, in my opinion at least, reported opinion. And yeah, I think this is the thing that undone a dynasty. That's what did it. Edward R. Morrow right there. All right, national panel, now that we've heard from Pablo on the scale of Watergate to Al Capone's vault. I'd like to know where, where this very story, serious story Pablo just addressed. But Marcel Louis Jacques, hearing that, is this the reason why the Golden State season went sideways? Yeah, it is. If you listen to what Draymond had to say about last season, he felt like because of that punch, there were certain times where he couldn't step up and be a leader because he didn't think that his message would resonate with the team. He was still more or less playing catch up to gain, gain that credibility back. So what happens when you punch a teammate, but Man, tough look that you get punched in the face if you're Jordan Poole and still get traded to Washington. So how much were they on Draymond's side before that? David, the insult that you're carrying the backpack for 30? I find Jordan Poole's comments to be personally offensive as somebody who thought that I was uh, Steph Curry's inexpensive backpack whose legacy he's carried to greatness. <laughs> but, you know, that's neither here nor there. Uh. I think that, you know, no matter what he said, whether it's Pablo's reporting or Cameron's reporting or whatever he said, nothing that Jordan Poole said seemed to rise a level of being deserving of a punch. And I think that's sort of the issue here is that no matter what he said, Draymond was still out of line by delivering that punch and he could never make amends through for that for the rest of the season. And that did derail a lot of what happened that last year. I love that Pablo and Cameron are in the same sentence right now as far as interviews yes. and journalistic yes. integrity. Finally. Lindsay Theory, hearing this theory play out right from uh, in front of her eyes from Pablo. I want to know how long Jordan Poole sat on that line before he decided agree. to deploy it because he didn't just think yeah, that well, agree. in Great the question. moment. I've been in locker rooms with plenty <laughs> of big personalities. A line like that, it's clever to the point where you're like, oh, that's good. Maybe it deserves a bar back. I don't think that line deserves a punch. It certainly does not mean that a team should be broken up. But if you're looking at who won that battle, it's easily Draymond Green, right? He's and can I say it? We all know the only thing in Steph Curry's backpack is the movement that made us now available in all bookstores. David Dennis Jr., thank you very much. Wow. We'll move on. Buy or sell two. Agreed. Ravens Browns Sunday. News of the day, Deshaun Watson not throwing at Browns practice today. He has a shoulder injury. Thoughts are he'll be questionable on the injury report. Dorian Thompson-Robinson, who was so impressive in the preseason, the rookie, Quarterback for Cleveland took first team snaps. Baltimore banged up like they always are as well. So, David, who do you trust more Sunday in Cleveland? So the individual unit I trust the most is that Cleveland defense. They've allowed, they've had three and outs on 60% of their defensive possessions, which is the most this century. As good as that defense is, though, I don't think it can overcome a Deshaun Watson injury. If he's not out there and they have to compete point for point with Lamar Jackson, that shifts things. And I think the Ravens will win if Deshaun Watson isn't out there. Marcel, when David was bringing up Cleveland's defense, I saw you make a face. Are you not buying Cleveland's defense? Oh, no, 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 no. I'm glad that Cleveland's defense is, is solid. I'm still not thrilled with the schedule that they've played to date. You know, no top offense in their first three weeks of the season. But I will say that it's shaping up for an all-time NFL story. If DTR comes in and starts, wins, and suddenly there's a quarterback controversy with a $230 million guaranteed QB in the room, incredible. It's a tight matchup, but I'm going with the better QB in Lamar, the better coach in Harbaugh, and the home team in the Pablo Baltimore Torres. 
Yeah, I'm leaning Lamar, Tony. He's completing 73% of his passes right now. That offense around him looks finally like a bespoke suit. If it's perfectly, and that number one ranked Cleveland Browns defense, I would be worried. Yes, finally I get a test. I, can't, I don't think they're going to pass that test, incidentally, if it's Lamar Jackson. Lindsay Theory. Games in Cleveland. This Browns defense. Mm, Cleveland Lindsay, call. Uh, yes. Has been very good, only allowing six points at home. All that being said, even before this Deshaun Watson update, I trust the Ravens. I trust what Lamar Jackson's doing. I'm going to get dinged for this, but he ranks second in the league right now with that completion percentage. So I'm all in on I'm the Ravens. I'm not going to ding you for that. I know. We all can acknowledge it's a small sample size, like with Cleveland's defense. But Cleveland's defense has been eating everything in sight. We call that a spirited away situation. Um, David Dennis Jr. and Marcel Louis Jacques, thank you for your time today. Lindsay Theory in her first show in Showdown versus Pablo Torre. Death is the only punishment here. Now streaming, FX's Shogun. My master asks, what do you seek here? To vanquish our common enemies. Based on the global bestseller by James Clavell. War is coming. The epic saga of war, passion, and power. Let it come. FX's Shogun, now streaming on Hulu. Bryce Harper ejected for arguing his check swing strikeout. We have to talk about this. Here's a non-swing, right? It was a check at third because it was a check swing, and umpire Angel Hernandez is the one who called it a strike. Rarely do you see a guy get thrown out on the third baseline, so that was exciting for me. Never in the history of lip reading has there been lips as readable as Harper's. We can't show you all of it, but believe me, Harper tossed his helmet into the crowd. It was caught by 10-year-old Hayden Dorfman, who said, quote, this is the best baseball game I've ever been to, end quote, when he got inside <laughs> by Harper. Lindsay, all's well that ends well? All's well that ends well. It's downhill for that young man. He's got the souvenir of a lifetime. Great strategy by him battling other grown men for a grown man's helmet who throw, threw it into the stands. Great souvenir for him. For Bryce Harper, maybe as angry as you are at Angel Hernandez, learn how to contain yourself. Don't throw that helmet in the stands. But he absolutely was justified in being Pablo? very, very frustrated and dropping well, many bad words about I'm that call. Thinking, I'm thinking about grown men as well, Tony. Specifically the men, the human beings who do the job of umpire. Because I've been talking about robot umps for 11 years mm -hmm. on this yes. show. Yes. And no one makes the case better than Angel Hernandez himself. So it may God be your best him, argument you've ever made, Pablo. Unfortunately, a veteran move by the rookie. A Woody Page move. You took I up all the time, Lindsay. Out. And that's that how you win a sports event. Your that first win, Lindsay. Congrats. Incredibly frustrating. All right, I wouldn't be here if it weren't for a few key people. I started in Great Falls, Montana. First years of my journalism career ended in Los Angeles, 2012, USC. I heard a voice in a scrum, none other than Bill Klaschke. He has been mm. crucial in my career. Yeah. With Gary Klein of the LA Times. Those two guys, huge shout outs to them. They are the best, and I wouldn't be in this awesome chair without them. Lindsay mm. Theory, congrats on show one. Cooper at home. Baby Cooper got to see mom win. That's great. Another great debut. And one thing that comes to mind to me, because we're on to year 21, is that our new panelists grew up watching this show. And Lindsay, I saw your player card at UW Volleyball. Look at this. Dream job ESPN sportscaster. How awesome is that? 
See the dream, beat the dream. <laughs> Wait a second, favorite meal spaghetti sandwich? Oh, oh, madonna me!